This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play Florida. So far, we've got confirmed guests, Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, Classic Gaming Wiz, and self-proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams, legendary creator of text-based adventures, and our good friend, Brian Colon, creator of Rampage and our rivals. There will also be over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at wp.freeplayflorida.com. Friday is going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30 Sunday is 25 bucks. Kids are, of course, $5. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60 And also, there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party, which is $15, but it's going to be from 11.30 to 3 a.m. Full arcade, music, plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double Tree SeaWorld. So you definitely want to go check it out, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a good old Deuce salute. <sighs> Cheers to everyone drinking at home. Uh, and of course, uh, you may notice the Deuce is not here. Um, he has uh, got some other uh, arrangements, but uh, I know he will be back soon and he's been listening and he's been loving the show as well. Uh, and we'd love to have friends with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And uh, today we have Mr. David Pas- Pasco. Pasco, yeah. That's David a, that's Pasco. Yeah. There you go. We have there him on the sir. show. Uh, and uh, just a little quick note. Uh, we met him through a mutual friend of ours who's a sponsor of the show, uh, uh, Buck, um, the Mega Buck, Buck Stein from the uh, good old retro game Treasure. And uh, it Deuce, I remember the story Deuce said that he's like, man, John, you got to meet this David guy. He kept talking about you like weeks before I, I even met you. He's I like, was, you got to meet him. My name was dropped so much on this podcast. I felt like I owed you guys money. Like, I <laughs> I don't think my name was mentioned ever when I did podcasting of, you know, my own. But 
And I do like that the, the, your opening of the beer is like a Foley effect. Like you physically do it. True. It's not in post to everybody. It's... Although, to be fair, I do have like a sound bite somewhere oh, that you? we did. Just like a case. dramatic one. Just in case, because there's been times where we forgot or I, you don't hear it very well. Yeah. And, the, you know, it, sometimes it's just a dud. You just don't, it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, exactly. not, it's not like exactly. it doesn't really pop really well. So sometimes you got to, you got to, you know, spruce it up and post, no, fix I, it in post. Yeah. I like seeing behind the curtain, see what you guys actually do. Exactly. And that's, you know, it's a famous thing that, um, a famous phrase that Deuce loves to use is pull back the curtain. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like our behind the, you know, behind the door, closed door, so to speak, our, uh, you know, the whole getting to know people and i i wanted because i've only i've only met you on a couple of occasions i think right correct yes and uh, we watched um we were at deuce's house for summer slam summer slam yeah. yeah and that was really fun and first thing i noticed when i talked to you was how uh how knowledgeable you are uh of the business and and of the industry and and yeah. wrestling and indie promotions and all this and yes. you knew you know and i felt like man i was like speaking to my own people i was like oh yeah. man this is really cool because like I was when I I consider myself even even when I was a kid like I considered myself a wrestling nerd and but I but it wasn't popular to say that really I don't I think nerdism nerd culture in general is a lot more accepted today yeah uh, definitely I've I've noticed that across the board with any kind of if you were into comics or sci-fi or you know 80s slasher fix uh, flicks anything like that um, it's way more acceptable to wear that, you know, on your sleeve now than it was even 10 years ago, 15 years ago and when we were growing up and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, as a kid, you never thought you'd get like, you know, other than Superman that was already out, but like, you never thought you'd get all these Marvel movies. It blew, no. blew my mind. If I, if you would have told a uh, 10 year old Johnny, you're going to be getting all these Spider-Man and, and X-Men comics movies yeah. and all, I mean, Avengers, I mean, all this stuff. It, it It's awesome. You know, it's yeah. great to be a nerd now. Yeah. Especially wrestling, because wrestling in 2017 is the best wrestling's been for 20 years, at least. It's insane, and it to me, it's kind of surreal, because when you go to a show, and you're just like, wow, I'm, I'm surrounded by people love what I love, and it is something special and magical about being at a live event. And you, sir, have been to several live events in the Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely well into the double digits uh, for 2017, from uh, about right before... WrestleMania through, I think the last event I went to was less than 10 days ago. Um, I pretty much go about two or three a month, um, depending on the event. Uh, A lot of NXT, um, most of the progress shows that they've had over in the U.S., um, and then other local ones like Flow Slam and um, uh, actually Defy, or not Defy, Beyond Wrestling up in uh, Boston as well. Now, are you a local of Florida native? I um, was raised in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, okay. northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, where you know wrestling would come quite. That's actually a very popular wrestling uh, area where uh, WWE was a lot, and ECW, ECW of course came out. Yeah, yeah North Philadelphia and for stuff sure. like that. Uh, no, I I moved down here for school, and then moved across the country for uh, work, and then moved back. And Florida, I was, I made my home in, here in Davenport back in 2011. So oh, okay. I've been here since about 2011. Awesome. So, you've been here. You're you're obviously you're native, local to the show now. Uh, yeah. And uh, you're close by. Actually, really close by. Really you close weren't by. that far uh, from. I live in your closet. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to shoo the cat away. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So she 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 she's not. She splits the rent. She does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got to give her catnip. Exactly. She's good to go. Exactly. Uh, so what? 
like when like when did young David Pasco? When did you oh, go? Man. Hey, wrestling is kind of cool. Like when when do you, when was your first memory of wrestling? I'll tell you what my first solid memory is. I remember seeing a lot of Royal Rumbles. Um, I remember. Uh, the debut of The Undertaker. These were like sparing, you know, when the Survivor Series was the day before Thanksgiving. My family got together and did that. Um, but I'll tell you the exact pay-per-view that I, I remember as a kid and couldn't for the longest time remember was uh, this Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> so it was right after Survivor Series. It was Hogan's rematch against Taker for the title. Taker just won it a couple of nights before. Um, I, I define that as my start as a big fan because it was one of those things that we'd go see with family and then I have my cousins around. Some of my cousins were into wrestling, some weren't, but that was the first one. My dad actually like, cause he was so invested in taker and Hogan from survivor series that he's like, we have to get, because it was only like five days later, or a couple of days later that they had, well, from Wednesday before Thanksgiving till Tuesday. Right. That was two pay-per-views in that span of time. And he's like, we have to get it. We have to get it. So he recorded on VHS. So oh. when I wanted to watch wrestling, when wrestling wasn't on, it was this Tuesday in Texas. Nice. So that's what that uh, I pinpoint when someone's like, when'd you become a fan? I'm like that silly Tuesday night yep. pay-per-view that was so obscure because for years that's was my go-to was my VHS that I had. And then, you know, superstars and prime time and watch it Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings when you can catch it. But I would say that's, that's when it started for me. That's awesome. Cause like I, I have a similar story. Um, when, when I was a kid, my dad, my dad worked a lot of hours when he was a kid and you know, he only was home on the weekends uh, on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And so I remember a, wa- a big thing was watching Saturday night main event. Uh, mm-hmm. with him and i remember just love you know just didn't really understand it, understand it as well you know until later on and my dad was like he bought me like a, a, a hulk hogan one of those little buddies smash yeah, buddies yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. and uh and uh and then i but i didn't like hulk hogan as much as i liked uh, macho man macho man i love macho man i just thought he was so you know as a kid you're just like oh man you know, your attention span you got all the colors and everything i was like always watching him but i loved him a lot my dad was actually a big ultimate warrior fan that was yep. his favorite and he was very energetic and crazy. But I remembered like that was a great bonding moment with my dad. And I didn't realize at the time that I was going to become such a big fan of wrestling as I am now. But like when it was always the thing where I was like, yeah, I watch wrestling. But, you know, when you when you talk to someone about wrestling, it's like you, what is associated with wrestling? NASCAR, country music. Yeah, it, that stereotype still holds today because my um, recently in 2017, especially um, watching a ton of the indies and stuff like that. This is the first time my wife really got into wrestling. We started doing more live events. She really enjoys live sporting events, hockey, football, um, arena football, anything like that. So when I started bringing her to wrestling events, especially the smaller live events like NXT do that they do in armory shows. So that's mm-hmm. what I grew up doing where there's 50 people, and but the ring is gigantic because it's right in front of you. Oh, yeah. She really got into it, and her friends don't understand it, and that's what they still associate wrestling with, being like redneck and wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling yep. fans. Yeah. You know, wrestling. And she's like, no, it's different. And yep. it it is. And it's weird to have that complexity of where, especially when we were kids, um, 
got into WWE, um, watched WCW Saturday afternoons, oh. uh, Saturday main event. And I don't care when it says WCW. If that's what was on, that was on. That right. was what we had. Because it was on a, it was 6.05. Yep. 6.05, 6.05, yep. 6.05. Superstation. You, correct. Yep. It wasn't past your bedtime. Nope. It wasn't at a weird, you were off school. It was oh. a perfect time to it watch wrestling. It brings me back good memories. And I know nostalgia, yes, it sometimes can influence your past. Obviously, you, you, nostalgia is a is a very you could talk about nostalgia for, on its own episode yep. by itself, but it does hold up because like you, you look at it now and you have the you know the spawning of the uh, WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to go back and watch a lot of these old stuff. That, although they don't have Saturday Night yet on there, which I'm no. hoping they I want because yeah. there's a lot of great underrated wrestling on Saturday night. They got to it was kind of like their version of NXT. They were like, "Hey, let's just throw a bunch of people on here that we're going to And it really of, was. Yeah. And they had different contracts with guys in Japan and England mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember watching my favorite to watch on Saturday night was uh Dustin Rhodes. I remember the first time I saw Dustin Rhodes, he was the first one I say yeah. to do a plancha. Yeah. Um I'm I still remember it because I remember the replay was sponsored by Nintendo and I thought that was the coolest thing as oh a 5-year-old watching wrestling and being like, "Brought you by Nintendo. I'm like, this is everything. It's you awesome. Know, yeah. It's all the worlds colliding at once. Yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I didn't realize, you know, because you mentioned VHS tape, and that was. <laughs> it's funny for people that are listening that you know don't know what VHS is, or they've only you know they never grew up with VHS. But VHS, you know, was there was a lot of pros and cons to it. Obviously, you know, the picture quality wasn't as good. Yeah. You paused it. Things weren't still. It was shaky, and, you know, it would come off a of play. You go in the bathroom or something, you go talk to somebody, and it just hit play all of a sudden, you know, after being paused for so long. And then, and they were expensive. And, and the VHS tapes, I don't remember what they cost 20, 30 bucks. I it depends on what it was, yeah. but I, I was big into tape trading. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, tape trading. Tape trading was yep. big. If mm-hmm. anyone knows, like, especially if you wanted to see ECW or see stuff from overseas, yep. tape trading is how you saw it. Yep. Um, I was fortunate enough that my we didn't have cable full time. I did have, you know, I, my mom would let me go down to a friend's house and watch it. My dad, when he had us, you know, my after my parents separated and he had us, we would, you know, go to Blockbuster or wherever our local video store was and get whatever the newest pay-per-view was. And we would sit and watch it. It was usually three hours. You couldn't really fast forward it because they have to slow the time. Oh, down on true. It. That's true. So yep. things you learn later, even through high school, I did big tape trading where um, I would watch WCW. My buddy would watch raw. We record it, trade the next day. Oh, that's awesome. And stuff like that. That's like, really cool. It's weird. Cause it's a lost art. Like I feel like the network's cheating. Like I want to see, um, I was just watching the class of the champions from 97. Oh uh, yeah. The one that opened with Malenko, uh, uh, Ultimo. Mm-hmm. And I remember begging my buddy, do not tape over that match. Do not, do not. So there was like a month where I had that match and then whatever the raw was that week. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I just, everything D Malenko. I'm like, you got it. Don't record. Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah. We're going to break that down. Uh, but Tape trading was super important to a wrestling fan. Like it's, oh, did you see? You know, ECW. I would have never gotten into it when it was still around, and especially before it went to TNN. Yeah. If my buddy didn't stay up, I didn't have friends that would stay up till two a.m. and be like, "You've never seen Rob Van Dam. You've never seen Jerry Lynn." He was a huge Taz fan. He's like, "You haven't," and that's when Taz was on fire. Ugh. I remember watching that Bam Bam match uh, oh, yeah. for the television title uh, from Ansbury Park, and oh, yeah. just being like. This isn't. What is this? It's this insane. is not the wrestling you grew up with. 
So it became a came came the culture where yeah. you had friends, especially like uh, tech savvy friends, sure that liked wrestling were the best. Being like, oh, I could record six hours on this tape. I could record yep. twelve hours yep. on this tape and stuff like that. Yeah, that long play and all that stuff. Like I remember. So I didn't get into ECW till much later because I, I my parents wouldn't let me watch it. Mm. It was you know for for I mean it was pretty violent. I mean not all the matches were, but they were some no, crazy. It was, was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I, when I did tape training, I had a friend of mine that um, had a, had an uncle that lived. I guess he lived in uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. and so I would get uh, Mexico wrestling. You know the lucha libre. I'm, I have a couple masks here uh, sitting there, uh, and I remember just like I I love that style of wrestling, but I, it wasn't. I didn't speak Spanish, so it was just that's where I started to learn. Like because uh, I'm I'm a very big proponent of of announcers calling moves yeah uh, i know that's not everyone's you know cup of tea but obviously there's the michael cole fans out there i don't know who they are but they're there they just want <laughs> you'll do someone do this amazing technical move and it'd be like oh what a move or oh wow he really got he didn't get all that one and I'm what just a like, maneuver yeah what a maneuver <laughs> i'm just like you know and so like when i saw ultimate dragon the first time and uh, he's gun to the head my favorite wrestler of all time for many reasons, but one of the reasons he was one of the first wrestlers I got to see that wasn't, you know, WWF at the time. And I remember just being like, this guy is doing all these tricks. And I don't really know. At the time, I didn't know what they were called. Yeah. And so I remember I had this big – I've talked about this before on the show, but I had this big memo pad. Uh, and I would write down names of moves that I knew. And then I would hear the Japanese or the Japanese or the Mexican names. Yeah. And I would write down the, 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 you know, what a plancha was. I didn't know what it was, but I knew what – the move and what it was associated with i was like so they would say plancha I was like all right cool uh or they say um i don't know would they say uh, um um sentana tamako or whatever and i'll be like oh that's interesting and so i'd write down all these names that, and so i eventually my friend was able to get tapes in japan and that's where my head really exploded yeah. i was like okay now japan isn't just small guys there's big guys there's there's people that look like they're out of shape but they're amazing in the yeah. ring and and then i was like wow this is great so and I was trying to tell my friends about it, and they, they didn't have access to it. So I would make copies of the, of the VHS tapes and send it to them. And then you find out later on, being a tech tech enthusiast, as I like to say, <laughs> I found out that you can take you know other VHS tapes and you put it like a tape over the there's a little little tab, and you can you record, tape over them. You can yeah, tape yeah, over yeah. them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, well I'm not gonna watch uh, yeah. whatever it was ET anymore, so I'm just gonna tape over it and have, yeah. and have all my matches on it. And then I would because I didn't have money as a kid, you know, unless you went to the store. You know, I, uh, I would fortunately in high school I took three years of AV. Yeah, I'm, hmm. I'm that kid. And we would do kids. We would have to do projects on VHS. Sure. And you would get one VHS at the beginning, and we had block scheduling, so we had classes for half and half but i would always take do the morning show and stuff like that but i would wait for kids to just be like i don't care about my school project and throw out the vhs and take all those and tape over them and so i would get that i would basically dumpster dive for blank vhs's to record (laughs) wrestling and that's all i could remember recording on vhs's were school projects and wrestling yeah and sometimes both on the same vhs that's awesome um, spacing it out and stuff like that because i got to the point where we could dub over video so we would record um we would i had it set up that i could tape my x my ps2 onto vhs but without audio. Oh, wow. Okay. So we That's would cool. have to, we could commentate over it, but it would just be like no sound effects, no crowd, no, nothing. It would just be our voices. That's cool. And play, you know, play it back for our friends and stuff That's like awesome. that. And it would be, you know, nerdy stuff like that. But I yes, like that. 
by yeah. evolving in tape trading, being For like, sure. oh, we'll just make our own now. Yeah. And, you know, backyard wrestling was also things like doing moves in our basements <sighs> and outside and yeah. stuff you shouldn't have been doing. No, no. I, I, and this is going to sound really funny. Uh, I didn't have a lot of friends that watch wrestling. So it was more, most of my friends were comic book geeks. Like, that was kind of the industry at the time that was really popular you could find comic books in every 7-eleven any sort of convenience store they would you'd have comic books so they were very accessible at the time during the 90s and i remember uh my my parent i was in a similar situation where i didn't have cable and then we would gotten a cable package of like 40 channels at the time that was like whoa that's a lot of channels and i remember tbs superstation i remember like they had other shows sitcoms and everything on there but it was TBS Superstation is obviously a lot different than it is now, and, and TNT, and obviously the Turner family there at the time, Ted Turner. And I remember my friend told me about uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I hadn't watched it yet, but he, he said he made a tape for me, and he goes, there's a couple guys on there that are going to be making their debut in WCW. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, and he goes, yeah, you got to look up the Thrill Seekers. And I was like, what? Oh, and man. I was like, what? The Thrill Seekers? That's, that's a cool name. He goes, dude, they're, they're going to be on WCW Saturday night. Lance Storm's going to be on there. And I said, okay, he goes, check it out. It's going to be coming. And his friend knew all the stuff. I was like, you were like the Holy Grail. I need, a, I need, give me all this information. I don't know any of these people. Because all I knew at the time was, because let's be honest, wrestling in the 80s is different than wrestling in the 90s. 80s was very, even the 70s. Yeah, and even it butts right up to it. Yeah. WCW, um, and I, I'll just bludgeon into it now. Sure. If you yep. go back and watch some older WCW stuff, even into the pre-Hogan, let's say pre-NWO, okay. is kind some of it still kind of... 80s wrestling yeah very much mm-hmm. so even when you know hall and nash were coming in mm-hmm. if you see the guys who are on nitro and you're like i who yeah like that time like z-man and oh. you know marcus bagwell is a yep. buff but yep. like their older gimmicks and uh you guys mentioned uh johnny b good or johnny, johnny b, b bad. bad yeah that's the other way like podcast, that. yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay johnny b bad uh mark marrow yeah and it, some of it was super hokey, and I'm just like going back and watching on the network now. I'm like, I was I wasn't exposed to that WCW. It was very much when WCW um, was going the NWO route. Right. When the especially when the the workhorses, the cruiserweight division, is what I tuned in for every week, mm-hmm. and that made me fall in love with the art of wrestling. Yes. Guys who could really move uh you mentioned chris jericho i mentioned doom malenko oh, mysterio oh guerrero uh, i'm moving to la park like these guys you want watch their stuff now their matches hold up guerrero oh. mysterio is still probably one of the best at halloween havoc 97 97 yep is probably still one of the best matches. he's in the purple match. suit oh purple my suit, god and he does the mass first title oh yeah. my gosh and he does the the ddt the flipping off oh. ddt people still talk about that there's a reason for that yep that match still holds up. It's There's one still... of the greatest cruiserweight matches ever. Like yeah. I would say wrestling matches ever. It's in my top five. Uh, I, I oh, remember... absolutely. absolutely. Well, and that was at a time. Now I don't know how it was with you, but like pay per views for me were my birthday and maybe <laughs> maybe like July fourth or something like that. Like it was like special event. Mania. Uh, um, it was. I got mania. About like that's like a holiday weekend in my life forever. Like bigger than Fourth of July or. Halloween or anything else to be like, uh, I, like as a kid, I really didn't care about those, but mania. Oh my God. I remember begging my mom, begging, begging, begging that I had a friend who was going to get WrestleMania. And she's like, I don't know. I really don't. It was like with an ex fiance. 
for her, not me. Right. <laughs> but his son, like, he was going to get him the pay-per-view, and she was like, oh, I got to deal with him all night. And I'm like, oh, please, please, please. And I'll tell you, it was the one from Arrowhead Pond, Iron Man match. Oh, and yes. I'm like, no regrets. Yep. No Amazing. regrets. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, my f- one of my favorite matches of all time. I'm like, it's just so worth it as a kid. But begging, 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 begging. Um, every once in a while, I would get a pay-per-view who wasn't big when i when i got out on my own after college yeah uh, every once in a while it had to be intriguing or you get you know you do the thing where you cram 30 guys in a room right. everyone puts a dollar in right and, exactly know, hope that you can cover that in a pizza for, for the night. sure yeah you know sometimes like ring of honor you kind of get that feel now, oh too. absolutely we, yeah, you, yeah and ufc fights now yeah but when wwe was expensive yeah. um especially early 2000s 60 bucks yeah i would always crazy. hoax my dad uh he lived in pa um when i was in my mid when i you know, before I moved down here and I would hoax him in being like, can you come down for dinner? I'm like, I'm free Sunday. I think there's a pay-per-view. Let me check. I think there is. That's awesome. And, uh, so I would, he would order it. I'd be like, thanks dad. And then leave. But Eddie's just like, we're good. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, uh, when it comes to WWF, I actually, I didn't get to watch a lot of WWF yeah. pay-per-views. It was more, you know, the tell, the tell, you know, televised stuff. Yeah. And WCW because my birthday is in October. I always got to I always got to watch Fall Brawl and Halloween Havoc. There was like a back to back thing. I was like, all right, so I got to watch or Halloween Havoc and then Fall Brawl. Wait, Halloween Havoc then Fall Brawl. They don't remember don't either, remember. so don't worry about I don't, it. But I got to watch both of those because they were consecutive pay per views, and I was like, yeah, that's all I want for my birthday is I want these two pay per views. And I yeah. still have VHS tapes like written in my little sharpie and like all scribbled and all that stuff. My handwriting's horrible, so yeah. it's like fall out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching those and. I just was blown away because it was like that was back when pay-per-views because I, I bring that up now. It's like raw, you know, or uh, pay-per-views now are just kind of a Events. palette swap. Well, they're a palette swap. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's just like, you know, raw and, and the pay-per-view, whatever it is, it's just a palette swap. Like they're not really doing anything different. Only thing, only time you ever saw anything crazy now is when you go to WrestleMania and then you have all the spectacle and the stage and all that. But yeah. back in the day, they made sets. You know, oh, yeah. you'd have you'd like fall brawl nineteen ninety eight brought to you by Snickers and have yeah. like the, the witch going across the screen yeah, exactly. and they have like all this like put a lot of work into that and, and WWF was too. That's something looking at it now. I know this is going a little off topic. If you look at what the network provides you in fresh content, that's something they've definitely leaned away from is spending less money on these by almost bi weekly. It's every mm-hmm. two weeks. About sure, we get an yeah. event. Um, sometimes they have a longer gap after a bigger one because even SummerSlam they didn't do really a special set, no. which I was surprised. Yeah, but Mania they made a sixteen million dollar stage because yeah. that shows you it's a special event, right? A you spectacle. Know, yeah. yeah, when they make everything this, you know, it doesn't feel pay per views don't feel as special. There might be too many of them. As a kid, especially WWE, you had the the big four it was four Rumble. Mania, Survivor, Survivor Series, Series, and SummerSlam yep, those were the, the big four. Yep. And even some of the ones like – I remember seeing the one from Wembley the first time on VHS because it wasn't broadcast live here. Mm-hmm. It was recorded in the U.K., and then they sold it on VHS and aired it on pay-per-view later. Ah, gotcha. I remember how special that was because it was Bulldog – Bret Hart was my, fa- my hero in life growing up when I was little, uh, before I discovered uh, the Cruiserweights, mm-hmm. definitely. I've always been a Bret Hart guy. And it killed me that he's like, what do you mean he lost the belt? Because the IC belt was my favorite belt, still is. I love the IC belt, yeah. And when he lost it to Bulldog, I'm like, why did, where, how? Like, I was so confused as a kid because Bulldog dropped that belt to Sean the next night. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Like, I was so confused. I'm like, what about Brett? Like, yeah. what, I was one of those kids. Like, yeah. What about Brett? Yeah. 
And you know, of course he moved on, but I remember just being heartbroken. I didn't see it to my mom just being like, <sighs> like she had to go find it. She had to find a video store as one you could go to. Oh, I'm going to really date myself. The wall. Do you remember the wall? Heard, Did yep. you have that? Mm-hmm. Like it was yep. CDs and mm-hmm. you could order VHSs. Oh yeah. And stuff like that. Oh my God. I haven't fi- thought about that in years. Yeah. That's well, funny. you still have a lifetime warranty on your CDs. You don't No. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> no. <laughs> lifetime of the store. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> but when you had to order from a catalog right. of how to oh get the stuff, or you had to wait for your WWE magazine where the whole center of it was, you know, yep. you ha- there was a separate one for merch, and then there right. was one for VHS orders right. through uh, Titan Home Video. Oh, or Coliseum. Coliseum. Coliseum Home Video. Coliseum, yes. yeah. Because that, that you brought up Coliseum, and that's how I got uh, versed in WWF uh, events is because that's how I would watch my pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I, would, I remember the first pay-per-view that I got because I, I didn't know at the time. I was I was just watching the stuff on, sh- on TV, and then I'd go into um, – I don't even think it was Blockbuster. I think it was like a movie gallery or movie something. And I went in there, and uh, all they had was uh, In Your House. <laughs> I was like, okay. Which one? It was like – was. It, I forget. It was like 96 or something like that, and it was like Henry Godwin uh, versus oh, it was Hunter like, Hurst Helmsley yeah. in, a, in a slog match. Like, oh. Um, oh, my gosh. It wasn't. Like uh, uh, like mind games or any no. of those crazy good no. ones. No, um, no, it was like, and that was all they had available. So I watched it, and then and then I would get like for, you know, I'd be like, I just I was asking my parents for wrestling VHS tapes, and so what they would do is there was a very popular called scene would make like best of like best of Royal Rumble, best of yeah. whatever, and I remember getting those and watching those, and then and they would, but the cool thing about the best ofs is they would show older stuff that I never got to see. Yeah. So we're like out here like Gorilla Monsoon and everyone like announcing and all that. It was really cool. They would mess with you too because they would put dark matches on that you couldn't that were never aired. Mm-hmm. So fun fact: the first ever ladder match, everyone thinks it was Sean Razor at WrestleMania 10. It wasn't. It was actually Sean Brett. It was recorded as a dark match, as a practice if it would work, right. and ended up on a VHS. That's awesome. So I remember seeing that as a kid, and because um, it's if you did you get the WWF magazine? Of I did. did. Yes, okay. of course I did. Yeah. So it would go through like most of the reviews you saw of matches mm-hmm. were for VHS, right? Or they would you know tell you this was coming up on the next Coliseum Home Video, and I remember. I had the magazine. So everyone make a big deal about it. And I had my wrestling magazines till I moved to college. And my buddy's like, no, that was the first one. That was where I'm like, you're wrong. And I found the magazine where it's like, look, it was an ad. It was Brett versus Sean and an unseen unaired match. Yeah. And then later uh, they confirmed it on the rivalry, whatever Bl- Blu-ray DVD that came yeah. out a couple years later or a couple years ago saying you know this was the first one so it's like they screwed up our own timeline for a long time yep. they flashed us they buried they, they, they still do that though <laughs> they do they go yeah. back and change the timeline like there's and, a yeah. gentleman that uh chris benoit who is obviously taken out oh we can of, say that name we could say that name okay uh but he's you know they don't talk about him in the royal rumble and all that stuff and yeah so. well he 20 which right. was a huge yep. pay-per-view for yep. wrestlemania mm-hmm. he was the last champion yep. last match Last champion, and right. they never. It, it it's weird how they deleted. They that. do. They just kind of. They Matt know, Hardy it. They, real they fast. yeah, um, Matt big Hardy time it for sure. Big, yeah, big time. So uh, we're gonna take a small break, and when we get back. We're gonna talk more about the old school days with David and Johnny. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service 
They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com, pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... The Lakeland Role-Playing Guild. Join the adventure with the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild. Founded in 2000, the guild starts its 18th year of supporting and promoting the role-playing game hobby in September with a big anniversary party and some lightly structured games. The guild hosts too many convention-style game nights every month on the 2nd and 4th Fridays where you can find up to four scheduled and prepared games plus up to three open tables all ready for a packed four hours of hobby-centered fun and fellowship. Among the regularly scheduled games on the LRPG's rotating calendar are three exclusive in-house House ongoing campaigns, one exclusive in-house mini-campaign anthology series, and a few periodic episodes of members' personal home campaigns. The majority of those games are RPGs, but miniature war games hit the guild tables as well, along with the occasional board game. Some events also feature instructional clinics and roundtable discussions on a variety of game rules, techniques, and theories so all participants can share their experience and learn more about the hobby from each other. The Guild also has planned gaming-free social outings on those random fifth Fridays that pop up some month. And of course, members of the LRPG take part in area conventions as players and game masters, as well as coordinate some activities with other gaming clubs. For more information on the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild, visit the website at lakeland rpg Com, or check out the social media at facebook.com slash Lakeland Roleplaying Guild and on Twitter at Lakeland RPG plus hashtag Dice on the Road. Lakeland Roleplaying Guild. They play games! And we're back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I have my good friend David Pasco. Uh, we were before the break. We were kind of talking about our history with wrestling, how we got into the the wonderful sport, sports entertainment, as sport, uh, yeah. as they want to call it now, sports entertainment. Um, wrestling. Super, it's wrestling, wrestling, yeah, it's wrestling. Let's, yeah. let's be serious. Yeah, it's yeah so it's we're gonna talk about wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I found, you know, we, we before the break actually, we were kind of talking uh, during the break. We were actually talking about Mike Tenay, the professor. And I remember when WCW, when I finally caught on to WCW, and I was able to watch it when I got the TBS, it was at the tail end of, it was like 90, I don't know, maybe beginning of 96. It was So it was like right when um, uh, Tony Schiavone took over. It was like, because before that, I, I didn't realize, because my friends were telling me, yeah, they go, well, you know Bischoff is commentating right now. I'm like, is he really Bischoff? He's got such an annoying voice, and it's like, no, he's he's been doing it for actually a good year now. During the whole '95 when they first started, he did it with uh, Mongo, whatever. And I was like, M- Michaels, uh, and I was like, yeah, and uh, Heenan, Heenan, yeah, yeah. and because Heenan, you know, got his 
firing or whatever uh, yeah. from Gorilla or whatever. And because uh, I remember watching that episode of Raw, and I didn't know where Bobby. I love Bobby Brain Heenan. Rest in peace. Uh, I have. A, I mean, he's just. So Trem- ma- tremendous talent all around. Oh, he's Great th- worker. Psychologically, like, he knows the yeah. business in and out. I mean, the guy, he's one of the best heel announcers ever, commentators ever. I, I just love how he, he just goes in the psychology of it, which I think some people, <clears throat> Michael Cole, don't really like emphasize that stuff. Even, even King, you know, he, he was good at it, but he didn't go into the minutia of the whole, you know, everything that was going on. So he's like, the one also that came with the theory. If you're in a, if you are scheduled to be in a match as a manager, you have to wrestle like a manager. Yep. You have to take big bumps. Yep. You're not going to have offense. You're not, exactly. and you just work, work, and you have to work. Yep. You, have you can't to just stand bumps. there. You got to talk. You got to be vocal. You got to yell. Yeah. You, you got to, and you got to be over. Yep. You, you got to distract the, the ref. You got to do all kinds you of stuff. You got to do everything. Yep. You got to work like a manager. Mm-hmm. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just standing there looking pretty, you know. No. Uh, but yeah, so WCW, it was weird because this is, you know, I we got the WCW Saturday, the Saturday um, nights at 6.05 p.m., as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> and I remember watching those, and I'm seeing people like Glacier and all kinds of just weird, just creative, just all over the place. There's all kinds of different people with weird names, and I always felt like it was – it was like just like a, a, a smorgasbord of just like, we'll just pick anybody off the street and put them in there. Because that was one thing that, you know, WWF and Vince McMahon was all about the big guys. They were all yeah. like huge. And they had that whole steroid thing during 95. And that's why they started pushing, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And they wanted to get the spotlight off the big guys. But they still had they still had big guys in there, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. they still had uh, British Bulldog. And, you know, they had a lot of big guys there. And. It's Duke just, the Dumpster Drossy uh, was a yep, big guy. Yep. Uh, Isaac Yankum would sure and be King, uh, Glenn mm-hmm. Jacobs. Exactly. They had, yeah, they still had monsters. Still, you go to you know Adam Bomb. <laughs> you know, I, I think about as a kid going and seeing wrestlers up to even actually, I'll even date myself even later than that of being in 2002. I remember going to SmackDown and seeing Hogan live for the first time, and he was one of, he was tag champs with uh, Edge. Edge. Yep. And they walked past me where our seats were. I'm just like, holy crap but recently you know just fast forward i went to uh, a progress event mm-hmm. and i met uh travis banks and mark haskins and they're my height and it's i was just like think, it's right? crazy to think like how much the industry sammy callahan is five foot eight yeah i was like what you're talking like 15 years and that's not that ton of time in an industry Mm-mm. to flip the switch and be like Oh, they these these guys can work, and I think I think the point you're trying to make is WCW was the first one to kind of embrace that and be like, okay, we don't we're not going to put Hogan Hoovertu together. We're not going to put well Hogan would never sign no. off on that match anyway. No, but we're not going to take yeah we're not going to take um, Paul White uh, Giant right and put him against you know these other guys. But no. I could take a little guy and put him against another little guy, and it makes good television and boy did it did it ever well and i think it's great too because it was the first time you were like you said earlier it's an, the art of wrestling oh well, yeah. i got the show and obviously after that big uh ricochet will osprey match that happened a while back where um i forget the name of the pay-per-view was it uh, oh they've wrestled i've seen but those there was the one the big time. one that they were talking about this past last year where and, and then it divided the wrestling community because it was like the internet wrestling community loved it but the old school guys were like oh that's just flash and it was a super jacob they wrestled yeah, in super, super jacob that was yeah. it yeah so they were like oh no that's all flash like vader like he was like no i i, I don't want my flips and our and ballerina flippy stuff shit. flippy shit, flippy yeah. shit yeah. i don't want any flippy shit you know i want to just brawl get after it and then and then you have the ice the iwc that was like oh i love it this is great they're yeah. amazing technical wrestlers 
characters and and then and so it divided the community and i think it's interesting now because if you go back and watch wcw that was like it wasn't the birth of technical wrestling because obviously it's been around a long time but right. it really showcased it on a big light it showed a lot of the japanese and mexican styles um when you got guys in there you're saying Ultimo before, um, and then you throw in guys with Rey Mysterio, and you throw in your Eddie Guerrero's, yep. Chavo. Oh, we can go. Let's uh, go down we, the gamut. We can go, go through the gamut. Yeah, yeah. Ciclope, I, Silver King, uh, Juventud Guerrera. Um, so you're going that way. I was thinking Super like, Calo. I mean, you have all these Jericho, people. Malenko, yep, sure. Alex Wright. Yep. Go back and watch das Alex Wunderkind. Wright. Wunderkind. He, he yeah. is a ama- before they changed his gimmick. Yeah. He is an amazing wrestler. He is. He's excellent. Even when they try to turn him heel and no one bought it, he is still so excellent. technically sound. Yep. And he did a German style where if you look at him wrestle, and then you see a guy like uh, uh, Axel Dieter Jr. or now he wrestles in uh, NXT mm-hmm. as uh, you're only gonna see him in house shows. Marcel Barthel, I, I think, think that's, that's his real name. name. I don't that's remember. His real name. Yeah. And they're very, very similar. I mean, mm. like, that's the European grapple grapple styles, graps fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're seeing a high-flying style, a high-technical style, and then a high-grap style. Mm. And WCW in the mid-'90s embraced all these different styles. You, Anyone who watched, you know, we can talk about the Lucha Libre style mm-hmm. versus Lucha Libre style. But it was more interesting when you brought in a Malenko or a Jericho. Well, Jericho wrestled all over the world, but... Right. Especially like, um, like I said, like an Alex Wright, or you you see these contrasts yeah. of this guy is going to bounce off the ropes, this guy is going to bring you to the mat. Yeah, and it's what's missing. Like, okay, now I'm really going to say this something. Yeah, when you look like, at the 205, 205 would love to be mid 90s. It would be WCW. Yep. They have the talent, but they don't have the show. Nope. That's the thing. They don't have the presentation of what that was. I think the booking isn't very good either. I, I don't think. Oh, they, on two hundred five. Yeah, I don't think they do a good job of showcasing. Like, I don't need storyline to my cruiserweight wrestling. Because if you look at ninety six, a lot of those guys did. They had rivalries, but they didn't have storylines. Right. They had being like, uh, I remember Malenko Mysterio wrestled each other. I think for like eight nitros straight mm-hmm. and they wouldn't wrestle on pay-per-views it was right. just something for them to do and every night they would go out and do something different tweak it a little bit tweak it a little bit tweak it a little bit same thing with uh jericho malenko which was one of my favorite oh my rivalries gosh, of all time amazing that had storyline oh but every time they went out and did something in the ring it was a little bit different a little bit mm-hmm. different a little bit different. where 205 is it just feels so redundant at this point it where does. half the divisions held the belt Right. And then you look at three of their champions, Neville and oh, oh God. Who? Ugh, exactly. <laughs> and now Kalisto weren't yeah. even in start of the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, weren't there at the beginning of the 205. And if if you really go back and look at the, cru- the cruiserweight classic was excellent. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the top talents that were in that are no longer or did not sign contracts. Uh, my favorite wrestler, technical wrestler today is Zack Sabre Jr. I'm a well, huge... we're going to talk about him a lot. <laughs> I have I lo- notes for him. Okay, yeah. I love Zack Sabre yeah, Jr. And it, it's because of WCW, because I loved Malenko and Jericho and the thing, the, the, the yeah. quote-unquote strong and style. And Benoit. Benoit, and Benoit, I mean, as much as, you know... No, very next, much so. But, but his wrestling, that's, that's the thing we were saying during the break, was like how... You know, you you're not glorifying him as you know what he did, obviously, but his in ring performance. It's like there's that whole 
gray area where like, well, he wasn't a hell of a wrestler. He was amazing. He was an gr- amazing worker. I loved his stuff. I mean, his stuff is. It's weird. Did he? He never won the cruiserweight belt though. No. Did he? Mm-hmm. No. He was. He actually got bumped to mid card U.S. I know he's the heavyweight. He, before he I think he won TV title too. And TV time. title, yeah. yeah. He was a good mid. Him and Booker good. T had that feud where there's right. like six uh, matches or whatever they were doing. Best right, of and six. he became a horseman, and he was a big right. him and woman who was his wife. Right. Oh, it's so tragic what it happened. Is. It isn't. I I feel it's you so feel weird. weird talk- it is surreal too. When you turn on like I remember I have like I back catalog old games and sure. I see him, I'm just like oh. I'm like I was a huge Benoit fan, oh especially what he did with Jericho uh, through. I'm now I'm getting off track. That's but anyways, it. going through the old, you know, very much the core WCW mid card. Now I was saying on the break of how the WCW main events, especially Hogan held that belt for over a year. Mm-hmm. Most of the time he didn't defend it at pay-per-views. Nope. Like he got defeated, I think by Piper twice, or they'd put him in like a weird tag match with Rodman or whoever, or Bischoff or whoever. Yeah. And he wouldn't even defend that belt, but he would, was champion. And you didn't get a ton of big title changes. The big title changes actually happened more, I think, on Nitro than they ever did. The only one I remember is Sting at Starcade '97. Right, is the only big one I remember because he lost to Goldberg on a Monday night. Atlanta, Georgia, right? Yeah. Right, and mm-hmm. he lost to Luger on a mm-hmm. on a Nitro as well. Yep. So these were the guys who had the competitive rivalries. They they're the guys who came in with the belt, defended the belt every night. Always, you always saw them with a strap. Look, uh, Ultimo used to come down with six or seven straps from oh, New Japan, All so Japan, many. stuff like that. Yeah. And his gimmick, it was fun watching. Um, I watched an old uh, Clash, and they said, you know, he was he was shunned from New Japan because New Japan still has that. If they offer you a contract and you say no, you're basically blacklisted from New Japan, being like, well, well, you'll never work in this organization again right um and they still have that reputation which i think is hilarious but it's cool going back and seeing like a lot of those elements that they were doing there and the things they were touching on and was indie wrestling but it wasn't indie wrestling well the whole thing with uh sunny ono and yuri uh nagata uh, yuji nagata yeah. and him and and how sunny ono ba- ba- bounced Blue justice right back yeah. and forth and they would be like all right, so and every time uh, Tony Ono was with Yuji Nagata, he'd he'd give them money at the end of each match. He'd be yeah. like, "Here's the envelope with money," and like it was this whole weird thing. And uh, see, I love Ultima. the reason why I love Ultimate Dragon. Like he's, I love because he's a combination. Ultimate Ultimo. I know it's the same one. Right? I say it, I'm, it's it's both. I'd Go say back both. to that clash because they just they tell you why they changed the name, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, no one cares. No. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so it's it's funny because. He, Ultima Dragon, like, he had the, the mix of the Japan style, but he had a lot of Mexican Lucha Libre because he studied in, in uh, Mexico as well. And, like, he was very well-versed. And just seeing his – and I think uh, one person that really did a great job of uh, of emulating his quick strikes is uh, um, Neville. Neville does that same yeah. strike combination with the kicks that he does and, you know, the back kick at the end and knocks people over. That's a very ultimate dragon thing, and I remember just like even AJ Styles is very has a very reminiscent yeah. uh, move set like that, and I just ultimate dragon he would do anything and he'd do moon salts before moon salts people really in America really saw that stuff like I mean he's I mean obviously he worked with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger uh, a lot as well so you know shooting star presses and everything like that but for me it's like it was like I was learning I was under the learning tree with Mike Tanay because yeah. Mike Tanay literally did the series and, and it was like they talked about it on Nitro it was like during 96, 97 he'd be like 
Now, Tales from the Lucha Libre or whatever, it'd be like him in Mexico talking about the mask and how the tradition of the masks and how important they are and how yeah. they're part of like they're part of the culture and the history in Mexico and how you, you they treated them. You know, you can't see them without their masks because that's part of their their souls with those masks and like all the and how you had the Vianos, the one, two, three, four, five, and all that. Yeah. How the history went down, um, uh, Blue Demon and all them, all the different people that came down. You know, with the uh, the masks and how prestigious they were and how respected they were and how they were superstars he, they, he sold the division he sold the the legacy of what they were defending he yeah. sold the tradition of what their wrestling was mm-hmm. they made it he made it super important and it's funny that you say you were under the learning tree because if you go back and watch a lot of those you get every once in a while uh shivani would be like ha, like yeah, pop and funny. then you just hear like Rhodes and heenan being like what the hell like 1996 they, batch of the beach uh 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 um, Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis, Psychosis, and I remember they were talking about planches and stuff, and he's all like, they were laughing about it. And, and Tony Schiavone's like, a what? A plancha? Yeah. What? What are you talking they, about? Yeah. yeah, and he's all like, yeah, it's a uh, when he first time he did a, um, uh, what's it called? Um, now, now I'm getting brain fart. Um, uh, when you pull off the ropes. And you do a you do a thing, yeah. Uh, they can't see your hand uh, on the podcast. They can't see my hands. He's moving his hand in a circular motion. Hand in circular motion. Yes. A corkscrew, <laughs> uh, pescado. Excuse me. Yeah. So when you pull when you pull the ropes and you flip out of the ring, they call it pescado, right? When you're flipping out. So they were like, yeah, this is a corkscrew pescado, and they were like, that's a name for fish. Pescado is fish. Like, how is that? And then like tornillo and all these different things and tope socia and and because yeah. who was saying that before you know obviously it's a meme now and I, I thought it was kind of funny with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ronaldo but I think it's interesting I learned so many things back then I was like I had a, I had, I had my memo book with me and when I didn't have my memo book with me I was like I don't I'm not gonna remember this I don't speak Spanish I don't remember any of this stuff so I had to, like repeatedly like I'd tape it and watch it over and over it again. it was almost a culture shock it was. to wrestling fans yep and it really was because they've never seen anyone wrestle these kind of styles mm-hmm. um the unfortunate thing is you go back and watch some of them you could tell they were under a time deficit like they had to sw- they had to bring in the backstage stuff they had to promote the other and the other shame is today was the only one really calling the matches and the moves and they would start going being like oh hogan luger later and blah blah and they're talking about other matches and not yep. focusing on that mm-hmm. but that's not what that match was there for right and like i said there wasn't a ton of story between them but there was a ton of rivalries it was i think you know jericho and guerrero and malenko mm-hmm. and mysterio were the first ones kind of being like i can't tell you a serious storyline that la Parca was ever in um i can't tell you the anything ch- yeah but you chairman. remember him wrestling yeah. yeah the chairman yeah uh, same thing with Alex Wright. Same thing. You well, Alex Wright and Disco Inferno having their dance off right. stuff. <laughs> it's so silly, but they were really into it. Like they were, they sold Alex, it. I mean, super yeah, into they it. Super sold it. And, that was, I think that was the only time Disco's ever been over. Well, and, and Disco <laughs> actually had some really good matches uh, with Juventud Guerrera. I remember they had a feud too, and I was like, man, Disco like. Because uh, now, obviously, WWE doesn't allow p- uh, pile drivers, you know, impacts to the head. Right. So, but back then, it was like pile driver city. You know, you, you have pile oh, drivers yeah. all the time, and that was so much fun. And uh, I may have the chart buster, the the stunner, or whatever, uh, yeah. disco, and all that. So, was, for me, I get excited going back to watching the network because, like, I didn't get to watch every single episode, and I didn't get yeah. to watch uh, every nitro because I would flip back. I was one of those previous channel guys where I'd have yep. the, have it on oh, raw, yeah. oh, hit absolutely. the previous channel button, and then I'd be trying to watch it, and they they both be on commercial, and then I'd be seeing stuff for Slim Jim, and then and then all of a sudden, um, 
uh, Mean Gene would come back and be like, you can go to the hotline, 1-800-909-9900. So I still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. But he'd be like, you can go in and you can talk and get more hints. Because back then, we didn't have the internet still. Or it wasn't a functional internet that yeah. we could use. It was $1.49 for the first minute. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And his parents, make sure you get your parents' permission. You look at that off. now, and even um, – watching some of the older ones like the nwo had its own separate hotline they did i'm like they had their own pay-per-view sold out they, that's true yeah that, is that true. was really weird the whole thing was done in black and bischoff oh. was announcing you know back it was the first time he had been like is that the one where they come in the trash they did yep and they're sitting on motorcycles oh, it's uh, insane it's it's nuts. that's a thing that happened <laughs> well it's weird to go back that's why that's one thing you can say whatever you want like people you know haters against the network but the network is a for me i've learned so much just by going back and watching stuff I, that i didn't i missed yeah you know? i think people inadvertently hate wcw now and really go back and watch like yes some of it is super hokey you're mm. watching guys who i wouldn't say are past your prime because to me like macho was always entertaining right and he was always a constant performer and he knew later in his when he gets older in his career to change his style up ddp is another one well, go back he ddp was he, he was, was a limo a driver he was yeah. a limo driver and, yeah. and then he was but you know what's so funny was i i was there's an inside joke with my wife and i because i always say oh back in the day i was such a ddp mark i was a huge ddp yeah, mark yeah. and even when he was healed before he got over and i was just like i like this guy he's got this I mean, this hair is that the locks the glorious locks yeah. of hair that mullet was so sweet it was such a sweet mullet and he came out and he had these you know he had that scar and he had like the chains and everything and he was kind of really big and overweight in the beginning and then i was watching i i was watching network and i skipped a year and i went to like 96 and he lost a ton of weight. I was like, I don't remember that as a kid. And he got super over he, really fast. Really fast. And it was because the guys in the back knew that uh, Dally, as they called him, as Scott yeah. Hall always calls right. him when you yeah. hear him, Dally. Yeah. Uh, he he just wore, it was a workhorse. And he just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. So WCW is interesting to watch. Certain guys get way better than WWE ever presented them, um, which, you know, w, you can kind of see that contrast where, like, DDP was super over with the audience, and by the time he got to WWE, they did that weird stalker gimmick with the Taker, with ta- with mm-hmm. the Taker, with Undertaker, yeah. Biker Taker, yeah, Dead Man uh, Wolf, yeah, American yeah. Badass, yeah, uh, Undertaker. Uh, that's how they brought him in, which was super awkward, and you couldn't really, they could never. It took him a while to get back to DDP. Um, you look at guys like Booker. Booker obviously got over. Um, now we have to listen to him every week. But Booker was an Let amazing me tell you something. And, you know, Booker had his moments in WWE, but yeah. he was kind of past his prime at that time. Right. Um, you saw guys like Nash and Hall. Um, Hall, it's amazing to me. Like, I liked Razor Ramon. Watching his work as Hall, Hall was super over. Mm-hmm. Should have been world champion at some point. Yep. Never got the, sh- never got the rub. But super good worker in WCW, but you just see that fade. Like where they interest. they lost. Yeah, yeah, you kind of see that towards the end. So mm-hmm. anyone who remembers WCW from, don't even look at the two thousand stuff or the ninety nine stuff. Go, you know, basically you're looking at ninety five to ninety eight ish. Um, were the best years. I, I amazing. It, yeah, it I, basically I loved it. pre pre Goldberg streak. Yeah. Is awesome. <laughs> when well, they ended that streak, they lost a ton of momentum, and it felt right. like. The finger poker doom was another yep. thing. I think that's what people remember, honestly, is the bad stuff. Because WWE, for a while, 
on their DVDs and their Blu-rays and everything else were like, look how much, even the Monday Night War yes. thing, they're like, look how much WC, there's a whole episode about how much WCW screwed up. Yep. There's not a whole episode about WWF <laughs> screwing it's up. True, they're like, yeah. we changed format. We yeah. went to the attitude, da, da, da. Yeah. You know, there's good guys and there's bad guy and like Vince's whole thing. Mm-hmm. And WWE doesn't go back to be like, okay, we had a plumber wrestling a garbage man fighting a dentist. Yeah. They, you know, f- versus a clown. You know, they never really rub like focused on that. Nope. So I I think a lot you of Bob Holly, his whole gimmick, Thurman, spark plug, pl- spark plug yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, spark plug. Oh my god. But they they highlight. I think a lot of people were focused on the highlighted issues that caused WCW to close. It's very well do- very well documented. It is, yeah. And it was a a cluster for a long long time. And he going back. If you listen to, I'm going to plug another podcast. Sure, go ahead. Thank you. Yep. Um, if you go back to what happened when, uh, which is Tony Schiavone and I can't remember the guy who was also on um, uh, Pritchard's. I can't think of his name. Anyways, if you go back, they go back and do old WCW pay per views. Do they really? And, I want to check that and, out. And um, cool. old Nitros and their latest ones about uh, Ready to Rumble about filming that. Oh my gosh! Fantastic. I gotta uh, check this out. That's yeah, awesome. but that. Going back and listen to it, and Shivani is completely honest on that show and be like, we we didn't have a shoot schedule, we didn't have this. And it's amazing that anyone that shows you true talent in the mid card and the guys who were who really wanted it, mm-hmm. because to shine in WCW when WC when it was the the ship was sinking mm-hmm. is just amazing that some guys rose to the top. You know, they talked a lot about. Um, Guys like Canyon, um, guys like um, uh, I don't want to say Buff. I'm not going to say about Saturn. Yeah, like Saturn, like those guys, those mid card guys who put on really good matches, and no one was watching. Canyon was awesome, dude. Canyon was a piece. I love Canyon. I really did. And that whole gimmick, who's better than Canyon? You know, after that kind of, you know, but he he was so innovative in the ring. I kind of equate him to Al Snow, where they both, when you went and had a match, you were just like, man, what are they going to do next? They did these innovative stuff, especially from Mm -hmm. a fireman's carry position or from an electric chair position. They're doing all these crazy things, and they just combo them the thing. And I was just like, wow, this is so interesting. So every time they would have a match, I would just be like, those two guys in, in general, like I was always hooked to their matches, and I was just like, man, these guys are Awesome. And you see sights of that, but yeah. going back and like, um, I think the last great match they had was Young Dragons versus Three Count in the mm-hmm. ladder match. Anyone wow. watch that ladder match? I haven't thought that, about that. That, one that ladder time. match holds up. It's yeah. still soup. And it was about the time that Hardy's and Edge and Christian just had theirs. I want to say it was in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge and that was in ninety nine. No Mercy right. ninety nine was that one. Mm-hmm. And soon after they did Young Dragons versus Three Count. Three Count right. was Shannon Moore. Um, Shane Helms I and forget. I don't remember <laughs> the other guy is not as um, I don't remember not as successful, but anyways, um, you go back and watch some of that stuff, and once again, guys who are super talented right. rose to the top. Guys yeah. who are trying really hard, and I think Lash everyone focuses. Yeah, was- <laughs> we don't talk. We're not talking <laughs> we talk about, about Lash. But you were mentioned before Lance Storm. I Lance, Lance Storm, Storm had a great run in WCW. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, um, I still listen to his podcast every week too. Um, super professional. No one really got his gimmick because they're like, "Oh, he has zero personality." Yeah. Um, I people say the same thing about Malenko. Yeah. People say the same thing about Sabre. Maybe it's me. I like the guys who have zero that are just like all about the white paste. You know. Yep. I. But anyways, super talented, super professional. Always Absolutely. gave a quality match. Mm-hmm. 
WCW had that in sometimes. Right. But if you focus on once again, the guys from the old guard never gave gave up the throne Mm-mm. ever. No. Nope. And it's been said a million million times, but I always never watched that. I always wanted to watch like the Raw main event, the WCW mid card. Because yep. I knew from and WCW, if everyone remembers this, Nitro was three hours long. Yep. Raw didn't come on till nine. Well, see, WCW did a lot of things first that people don't remember. It's like, of course, you had Raw, and then and then of course Nitro comes out. But Nitro was the first one to do the three hours. Nitro was the first first one to have another show, uh, even though, you know, it didn't go over as well. Uh, Thunder, right? That was yeah. the first time they had a Thursday show. Uh, and so, like, they were doing a lot of these things first, and, and WWF at the time was actually trying to like, all right, what's what can we do to kind of broaden our you know, our fan base and, uh, get it, get our network out to, you know, more people, more eyeballs. So they were the first ones to really, WCW was the first ones to really do that type of thing. And it was, for me, it was interesting because Thunder really didn't, it faltered. It, it, they had some great matches, great shows in there, you know, but they just the overall, it just felt like it was the B squad to Nitro and I, and a long time, you know, and that's why SmackDown has been out for a long time until I'd say the last year, but before that, yeah. it's, it was very just like, oh, here's a recap of, yeah. of Raw, you know. And that's kind of what I felt with Nitro. Nitro would be like, and even even uh, or even Nitro would be like, hey, what what happened? If you missed Thursday, they were trying to really push that Thunder. They're like, oh, this what this happened on uh, Thunder. Let's let's show this. Thunder you know? became the recap show. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, recap show for Nitro. Right. Yeah. And that's the way SmackDown was for a couple of years. Where it was the yeah. Raw when they they didn't have the separated roster exactly. before the brand, yeah. brand split. Evan Courageous, by the way, was the other. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah, I, I forgot. Do right. I wasn't the first one to forget about him. I yeah. won't be the last. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but for me, it's like WCW, especially we have a big shout out to Sean Cook and Grapple Maniacs uh, on Facebook. Really cool group that we're part of. Uh, a lot of fun. But I noticed a lot of the people in the group are very old WWF modern wwe right they don't they they don't watch a lot i mean they're starting to grow legs and watch indie stuff but they're still more mainly like the we'll talk about it in the next episode but like indie is just the amazing all all the access to wrestling because you mentioned to me you watch over 20 hours of wrestling indie wrestling oh uh, that's an understatement that's (laughs) every uh, i would say the last two three hours of my day before i go to bed i put a roku if you don't if you want to watch wrestling indie wrestling roku is the way to go yeah. It honestly is. I, I that's not. They're not paying me to say that. Yeah. But honestly, every indie Hashtag promotion, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the different promotions and the wrestling you could see just in this country, and let alone, you know, I watch wrestling from New Zealand, Australia, Germany, Japan, England, Ireland, Canada. It's all on there. Yeah. It's all on these. You know, I have two subscription services. I can watch wrestling from around the world, and it's amazing the difference and not in just presentation because indie presentation you gotta you gotta get it out of your head it's not wwe we were saying i was saying before right i like ring of honor i like where ring of honor is going it will never be wwe they won't be a 1.12 billion dollar company no they they won't they've never been they're out of north maryland you know they did a ton of shows out of south philly if you get their subscription or their what are they called the member uh, something member yeah. of honor or yeah, something like something. that doesn't sound right at no, all I member of honor sounds what like, it is no member of honor sounds like something you would watch on like Pornhub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't look member. that do not google that no uh ring uh ringside member something, it's something yeah. like that but anyways know. if you watch some of their older stuff a lot of the stuff shot in gyms with 
multiple cameras. It wasn't shot live. It was edited in post. Right. Stuff was added, clipped, stuff like that. You're not going to get the broadcast presentation of, you know, what WWE is. But what you're going to make up in is wrestling. Excellent people wrestling. who want, people who literally are trying to make a living doing this, right? And trying everything they can to bump up to that. And you know what we were saying about older D- ECW and older WCW that these guys lived paycheck to pay. No, maybe not the WCW guys, but older ECW, if you were an ECW fan, late nineties, you definitely love indie wrestling. Cause ECW, I don't care what anyone says. It was like, Oh, the big three ECW was an indie promotion. It was, it was yeah. run by three guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's very much that spirit still lives, but people are much, much smarter with it. But seeing it at a global scale being like, it's not just here in the States. It's, you know, Mexico has been doing it forever. Canada has a ton of Indies. Mm. You're, I'm telling you, right, Europe is such a hot market. Mm. And you will see if you fall in love with, don't fall in love with the promotion, fall in love with a wrestler. Right. Because that wrestler will be on nine different promotions. Like Zach Sabre Jr. is. Oh, Zach Sabre. Oh, Marty, Marty Scroll. I mean, if you're a Marty Scroll fan, if you watch Ring, Ring of Honor Pro, and you want yeah. to see someone that represents Bullet Club in about 30 different promotions, WCPW, Marty's your boy. Everything. Yeah. He's your boy. Yep. All he over. honestly is. He's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Um, but like even the guys from, you know, NXT, if you yeah. watch NXT and you like uh, Danny Birch, he wrestles mm-hmm. under Martin Stone. Right. He wrestles. I've seen him wrestle in three different states this year awesome. <laughs> for three different promotions. That's awesome. He's always everywhere. Like you, these guys work. And there's so much, there's so much to enjoy and so much to do. Well, we're gonna uh, talk about uh, our love of indie wrestling in our next episode, um, so stay tuned for that. And I want to ask you, so on the Roku stuff, because sure. I, I don't, I don't know a lot about the Roku okay, stuff. Okay, right. So how, so you have progress has their demand. I have demand progress, correct? Yeah. So what do you get with that? You get demand progress. Well, what uh, promotions? Oh, geez. You get several, like you 10 get several. Promotions. You get oh more than that. Um, they'll put a bunch of different uh, promotions. They have deals right now with um, oh their big one is Smash Pro Wrestling, which mm-hmm. is out of Canada. Mm-hmm. So you get everything from Smash. Um, now, is that only – their app is only on the Roku, uh, Roku right? Uh, on, you can get it online. You can go online. Streaming, sure. Correct. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But as if you want as an app, uh, the Roku. Right. Roku has everyone. They have Shakara. They have mm-hmm. um, High Spots. They have uh, WWN, which mm-hmm. is – they do a lot of local stuff with Flow Slam. Right. Uh, and Evolve is on WWN. Mm-hmm. Um, they have my Rev Pro subscriptions on there as well. Uh, Rev Pro is excellent. If you're a Ring of Honor fan, watch Rev Pro. Absolutely. Because they're, 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 they're conjoined. Hand in hand, exactly. They're hand-in-hand hand with them yeah. in New Japan mm-hmm. yep. and CMLL. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent swap out right. of Rev Pro. Right. Uh, Rev Pro is the other half of Ring of Honor and New Japan you're not seeing. Right. Which is awesome to see the, the talent mashups they have. Because like, they get guys that you won't see mm-hmm. in Ring of Honor and New Japan because of television contracts. Right. It's super interesting. Um but I end up getting the Roku because Demand Progress is on there. Demand Progress has, um, I'm saying Smash, uh, MCW, which is Melbourne Championship Wrestling, which is out of Australia. Um, I can't remember the one from New Zealand that uh, Will Ospreay is helping promote now and like TK Cooper mm-hmm. and guys like uh, Travis Banks mm-hmm. um, and uh, Jay White and um, uh, 
not Josh Bodum. I can't think of the other guy. But anyways, a lot of them are from down there. Uh, AAW, which is at Chicago. So you get a lot of wrestling out of Seattle. So you get a lot of stuff uh, just on if you go if you have a Roku. Device. Roku, yeah. Well, that one, uh, Demand Progress is for us. It's like seven forty nine a month. That's not bad. But it's all. a lot of wrestling. It is a anything Progress does, and if you've never seen now, I'm, I'll admit it right now. Um, if you don't know this, I'm a huge Progress Mark. If you go on their website right now and look up Travis Banks uh, collab T-shirt 1.0, that's me. That's my design. That's awesome. Um, I love that company. That company has been um, nothing but good to me. Uh, all the owners, when I, I f- actually flew to Boston to see one of their their third ever U.S. show, I saw they had one here in Orlando. They did one in New York and one in Boston. I was at Orlando and I went to Boston to see them again. The owners all knew me by name. That's they all awesome. hugged me, shook That's my cool. hand. Um, it's a great. It's literally run by three guys. Uh, it's such a great product. It's a fun product. I sat Deuce down not too long ago, and I think Jason was in the room. And I'm trying to think the match that was on, and he totally stopped what he was talking. He goes, "This is really entertaining because it's it's indie wrestling. Is you got to be ready for it to be sometimes really silly, right?" Sometimes, but it's always entertaining, especially the, the UK product. For sure. But Progress is a company that I'm, I'm a, not, I won't even say a super mark for. I just, I absolutely love it. I defend it nonstop. Like, I constantly, me and my wife just talk about people. Like, people get confused because they're like, do you know these people? I'm like, no, why? Yeah. It's just, it's, everyone's been super, super great um, in that company. So, yeah, it is a paid subscription, um, but they they very much want to help a lot of other companies because they're getting a lot of notice now, mm-hmm. and they see other companies who are being like, well, they're trying really hard. They're trying really hard. Let's get them. And then they'll do talent swaps, which is neat. Right. WWE doesn't do any talent swaps anymore. Mm-hmm. NXT, you get some guys who are – if you watch NXT, you're seeing a lot of the guys come out of the indies right. getting ready for the show, mm-hmm. which is Raw or SmackDown or whatever. Well, We'll, 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 we'll touch on that. We'll, we'll talk on that we'll talk in the on next episode. Yeah, yeah. Next episode, we'll be breaking down because you're about to open Pandora's box. I oh, have, I have so de- many questions. Oh, definitely. So, definitely. thank you so much, folks, for listening to this episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce uh, with our good friend David Pasco. Uh, and he's going to be on another episode with us soon. Uh, we're going to talk about indie wrestling, our love. I have a lot of questions for him because <laughs> there's a lot of things that I'm learning in the last year that I didn't know existed. And uh, so, it's opened up my world and hopefully, it'll be a learning process for you as well if you want to learn more about wrestling. Definitely, uh, you know, get the demand progress. Uh, get you know the network's got a lot of great stuff on it. If you want to look at old school oh, wrestling, yes. NWA, AWA, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I mean everything's on there. Uh, so definitely check that out. WCCW, all kinds of stuff. So uh, check the, check all that out and um, uh, definitely hit um, the subscribe button on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Google Play Music. Leave us a review. Uh, how do people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as citizen underscore cold and on twitter as citizen underscore cold 18 um if you're i do do t-shirt design so a lot of my stuff that i put up is prototype stuff for wrestlers or just sketches or ideas that i have for that and you can hit me up anytime if you're interested in that or any of the wrestlers that i was talking about or we'll talk about on future in episodes. next episode yeah. next episode too. exactly so definitely go check out david uh as well as i'm gonna shout out to uh sean cook the grapple maniacs a really fun group here 
uh, here uh, locally, and I think people from throughout the U.S. I guess are on there. But there, uh, it's a small group that's kind of growing, and it's just all about the love of, of professional wrestling. And uh, definitely uh, join the conversation there. And of course, when you're on the uh, Twitter machine, uh, you want to go at HH Podcast Show. Send us a line HH Podcast Show at gmail.com. And then hashtags, hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH Podcast Show, and of course, hashtag deuces on the loose. See ya.